0: Believe and become. Enjoy. Well, good morning again. How are we doing? Yeah, good to see everyone here. I'm glad to be back. Uh, if you didn't know, Tiffany and I and the kids, we were on vacation last week. Uh, we missed you guys last Sunday. It was I got to be a visitor at a church. Uh, And had no responsibility. It was a very odd feeling. It took me a while to kind of unwind and stop thinking about how do they do things, you know, and just worship it. But it was good. We had a good time. We went up to Ohio and um, went to um, uh, do several different things. One of the things is I love roller coasters. And so we went to uh, Cedar Point, which is the roller coaster capital of the United States. Yes, we went all day. I was so tired, but it was awesome. Um, and so we had a blast. So I- I'm going to be resting this week from my vacation. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, as you know, if you don't know, we've been doing a series all summer called "This Is My Story." And we've been listening to the stories of different people in our congregation. And man, there have been some amazing stories. If you didn't uh, catch last week, my mom actually shared her story. How many of you heard that? Wasn't that an amazing testimony of God's faithfulness and grace and mercy? Unbelievable. All of our messages are available online in our website. They're on whatever podcasting platform you might use. Uh, And they're also, we Facebook Live, everything as well. And they're on our app. We want to make sure that you get the word in you throughout the week. And so I encourage you, stay encouraged uh, ...through all these different stories. The weeks that we haven't heard from people... Uh, ...I've been doing character studies of lesser known figures in the Bible. Uh, and so uh, we've been doing that as well and uh, really, really excited. We're actually coming up on uh, this Sunday and next Sunday... ...we're actually going to be hearing from some people outside of our church fellowship... ...but people that are connected to our church. Um, and so uh, for, for this, this uh, n- these next two weeks... Um, we'll have some of the missionaries that we actually support uh, come share their story with you guys. And this week, we're honored to have Kobe and Shani Ferguson. Um, they, uh, Tiffany and I met them, I guess it was four years ago, that's what I'm guessing, about four years ago at kind of like a, a ministry conference getaway kind of thing that one of my pastors, Darren Davis, uh, put on in South Florida, immediately just loved their hearts uh, came back um, to the States and kind of stayed in touch a little bit. But the Lord really did a, a work in my heart a few years back about, uh, I saw for the first time the priority of giving in Scripture, and I saw, well, where the gospel was to the Jew first, and then to the Gentile. And then I saw when Paul went on his missionary journeys that he would go to the synagogues first, and then he would go to the Greek's. Uh, and so I noticed that there is this there is this honoring that was taking place um, for uh, for Israel for the Jewish people, and but also that the Gentiles were included. Aren't you glad Gentiles are included? I am. Yeah, yeah. And so, but at the same time, I realized that as a church, we I didn't think that we were properly honoring that priority. And so we, so immediately, uh, Kobe and Shani's ministry called Yeshua Israel came to mind, and we as a church started giving to them. Uh, we've since expanded what we give to them. It's still not as much as we'd like to. Uh, we've also expanded to other ministries as well uh, that preach the gospel specifically uh, to the Jewish people. Uh, and so we get to hear from them this morning. So if you guys would, please welcome Kobe to the stage.
1: Wow, it's great to be in Thomasville, Georgia, at Victory, back with our good friends, the Nunleys. Yeah, that, was, that was kind of an interesting, uh, you know, it was a great time, but I told Shani, you know, why are we really here? You know, I mean, we kind of know Darren, but I really felt like connecting with you guys was a big part of it, and we just felt a strong connection. I want to introduce uh, our tribe, which uh, we have traveled all the way from Jerusalem, Israel, Is just just the two of them? Oh, okay. I'll do this quick. Hey, you're actually, you know, okay. Right. So, my wife, beautiful wife, Shani, and everyone, she likes to say she imported me about 20 years ago to Israel, but everyone else uh, was born and raised in Israel. So, Shani, my oldest Elite, Lahav, Nevea, Sela, and Last but not least, Nesher, and now you guys can, Nesher means eagle, so go fly away. You'll be hearing more from Shani, she'll sing a song for you and also share a part about her story as well, so my story goes back long before me as many of ours do by the way sometimes we need to be reminded that we are not the center of the universe we have one brief moment in history maybe my my, uh, wife will share a little bit more about kind of the Israeli Jewish perspective remember to do that Shanae if you don't remember I'll I'll yell it from the audience remember that thing we said but my father was a minister. And like a lot of PKs, I kind of went down an interesting path to get back to you right here on stage. And uh, it was quite an arduous journey. Uh, My father uh, was a great man of God. He passed away a few years ago. Uh, My mother also a great intercessor. She's still around. She's in Boone, North Carolina, Uh, lives in an intercessory kind of community there. And we had spent time in California growing up. I was actually born in Dallas, Texas. A lot of you say, well, he didn't sound like he's from Israel. You know, well, I'm not. Like I said, I was imported, but my my wife and kids have perfect English and Hebrew. It kind of drives me crazy. I'm still, you know, for a long time I spoke Subaru. That's uh, (laughs) Southern Hebrew, you know. But they've. They've got it, gotten it out of me. My daughter's like, no, but that's not kuh, that's khuh. And I go, khuh, okay. So after 20 years, we've learned the language and speak it fluently. But coming from California, then the south, my father uh, planted and was a part of different congregational plants in Arkansas, Mississippi. And then he kind of reached a moment where he was a crossroads in his life. The Lord had spoke to him that he needed to go and, and plant something on his own and take his family somewhere else and he was praying in a little uh kind of a prayer hut I guess you would call it like a little prayer chapel in Pensacola Florida just happened to be there for a little retreat God does something on these retreats sometimes even though you wonder you know but there's something that was happening and and the Lord spoke to him audibly because he said Lord I need a word what to do in my life and he said why don't you go to Selma I started a church, Selma, Alabama, which is my grandmother was from that area. My father was born and raised, as my mother as well, in Birmingham. And the, my father told the Lord, "Why don't you give me another word?" Like, I don't know if anybody, if any of you know. People ask me, "I didn't know you grew up in Selma." I said, "Yeah, because I don't tell people, you know." But the Lord has been beginning to open that up years ago, and and so my father started the first interracial congregation in Selma, Alabama in the 80s. You know, it took a, people say, was that the 50s or the 60s? Oh, embarrassingly enough, it took until the 80s until people actually did that. And so I, I grew up loving Yeshua. We call in Hebrew, Yeshua means Jesus. The name of our ministry is Yeshua. Israel means the salvation of Israel. How many of you know Yeshua? Jesus's name means salvation. A guy named John G. Lake said it's God's big word. I love it. It's, his, it means, it's everything. It's salvation. So I really radically went away from Yeshua, uh, was playing drums and bars and clubs and, fe- and festivals and the whole what we call the chitlin circuit. That is places in the south where they eat chitlins. <laughs> so they call it affectionately the chitlin circuit. Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia. Never came quite as far down as uh, South Georgia, but uh, all over the place. And I just was miserable because the Lord was after me, the prayers of my mother and my grandmother and my whole family that I would come back to the Lord, Spent time in and out of jail. And it was just a real difficult background on drugs. And then I kind of came to the end myself and I visited a service in Pensacola, Florida, just a few miles for my father got on his knees and said, Lord, give me a word for my life. And I had a radical encounter with the Lord in a place called the Pensacola Revival, Brownsville Assembly of God, the move of God that happened there. And so I was radically transformed, and I never went back to that lifestyle. Amen. And it was a, a totally different story from then on. Then they had opened up a Bible school there, and I radically. It sold everything I had. I was doing construction, sold my tools and everything and went straight into the Bible school there where unbeknownst to me on the other side of the world, a young lady was released from army duty. Every Israeli serves the army and it's an honor to do so. But she was going into the army and they released her early and she went to study in the school of ministry where a good friend of the, the, of the families had started this school, this Bible college. So We ended up meeting there in the same place. The Lord had just set her heart ablaze as well for whatever his plans were in the nation's. And she said, the last place I want to go back to is Israel. Because I don't know if any of you know what's happening in Israel. I guess it's been on the news since we've even been traveling uh, the last couple weeks in the U.S., and so it, it's, it's a very volatile place. People are difficult to integrate. Look, the Lord Himself called these people stiff necked and rebellious, okay? I mean, the Lord Himself. At one point, He tells, tells Moses, hey, let's just wipe them out and start over. Me and you, buddy, just come on, we can do it. We can do it. Just, oh, they're driving me crazy. The Lord, Moses is like, come on, let's give them another chance. You know, not yet. So, I mean, think about it. The Lord himself wanted to wipe these people and start out Jew.20, you know. So, but praise God he didn't because I would have never met my beautiful bride, probably. So we graduated from the school. We fell in love, got married, and moved to, uh, actually graduated, moved to Israel, and got married. uh, And that was almost 20 years ago. And so I remember the first week I was in Israel. I was told, you know, it's very important to learn the Hebrew language, and I thought, okay, okay, this, this is like reading fingernail and toenail clippings on a piece of paper. How can I actually learn this, you know? As a guy from Selma, Alabama, you know, I mean, so I, I'm going to on the bus, and we've studied. How many of you ever pray for divine encounters, divine appointments? It's a real thing. Actually, our van broke down a couple nights ago, and we were on our way to a service with all of the family and everything. So we had to call an Uber to take our family to the service. And I'm thinking, ah, we'll get one. I, the one comes up, of course, it's seats seven. Okay, so usually I would, was I, okay, I don't have to order two. So we get there, and we actually pray and, and win the young woman to the Lord. And I realize, okay, all this hassle was a divine appointment for some. So I'm thinking of those kind of things, and I get on the bus, and I'm, I'm, this is my first day. I'm going to have a divine appointment. Lord, you're going to lead me. I'm going to go learn this crazy language, and I see a guy. Okay, so I went to the University of Alabama. Sorry, Georgia fans. Sorry, that was, that was, that was close, though, real close. But anyway, so uh, I see in the back row these two young kids, and one of them has a Roll Tide T-shirt on and i think this is my divine appointment i'm going to have a conversation with this kid we're going to talk he's going to connect with me cuz he i i went there i'm gonna, he's going to be yeah roll tide and we're going to talk and he's going to get saved and it's going to spread and hit the whole bus we're going to have to pull the bus driver over he's going to get zapped by the power of god and maybe even we'll have to call somebody to help us. We'll set the tent revival right up here in this area, whatever this is. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking God's going to move, you know, fresh out of Bible school, you know, it needed a, a few years under my belt. So I'm, I'm coming down the aisle, sit next to this kid. And the only thing I could say in Hebrew is I am from Alabama. So I started practicing it and I just looked at him at one point, got my nerve up and I said, i Alabama. And those kids, there were two kids together. They pushed the button to get off the bus, and the bus stopped, and they ran off the, bu- ran off the bus. I said, What are you, what are you doing? There goes the revival. Come on. Because you know, I was feeling it. I was feeling the fire moving on me, baby. But they, I guess they didn't, you know? And, and I, I didn't know what happened. I asked a friend later that night. Man, what happened? Told him what happened. Asked him, hey, did I say something? Did I say it right? He goes, oh, man, the way you said it, it sounded like I am from Allah is coming. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> they said, they thought you was going to blow up the bus or something. <laughs> I said, wow, well, so i got to learn this language. <laughs> so now all these years later, I'm walking down the street in Jerusalem, and I say, young man. Walking by and I feel it's a young man, 19 20 years old, Orthodox Jewish guy. The Lord speaks to me. This guy's gonna come talk to you. And I said, Okay. And he came up and asked me for the time. But I said, wait a minute, every Israeli has at least one cell phone. And I said, Hey, do you have the you have your own cell phone, right? Why are you asking me the time? And he goes, Well yeah, but he goes, I don't know. I just felt to talk with you. So I just went straight for the jugular because I knew by now this is almost twenty years later now, okay? This ain't the bus anymore, and he did not have a roll-tied t-shirt, much to my chagrin, I guess. But we had something greater, and that was time and experience, and our story has developed since then. And I said, who do you say the Messiah is? And we just went to a long discussion. And towards the end of the discussion, these are a people that are not even supposed to touch us or talk to us because we're unclean unless we're like them. We're talking about the, the hyper—these are the modern-day Pharisees in our midst. And the, and the Lord penetrated him with word of knowledge, and all these things was, was flowing. And he began to ask me, who's telling you these things about me? And I said, well, you know, are you ready to hear it? Because I'd been sharing him about the Lord. And he goes, no, you're talking about the false messiah, the false messiah. That's not the real messiah. That's the false messiah. And then he said, "Who's been telling you these things about me?" And was really mad at me. Like you've been talking to Shlomi. Did Shlomi talk to you about me? Because I had some very inside information. It was just really—I like to say it flows like that all the time, but it was this day. And I said, "The same one you're calling false messiah is talking to you about me." And so this guy begins to weep into the story. He says he's going to go home and read these scriptures. And so it took about 20 years. And these are the kind of things we're now we're seeing on the streets of. Jerusalem, and I just want to encourage you guys that the Lord has promised you and put zeal on your heart for something. Stay in it, stay the course. It might take a minute or two. You might have to experience these good old fashioned things called perseverance and endurance. And you know, we were studying the Hebrew roots of the word long suffering, and I was impressed to realize that it means you're going to suffer for a long time. Stay the course in those things that the Lord has shown you. And I promise your story is going to end well. And you're just a continuation of the things the Lord has done in generations for you. And then you're setting the stage for the generations ahead of you. Thank
2: you, guys. Shalom, y'all. I've been practicing my southern since we have been driving around for the past few weeks down south. Kobe has very kindly let me know that it's not my gifting, (laughs) but I'm trying. So I was born and raised in Israel. Uh, Since you guys are in the uh, My Story um, series, I thought I'd give you a little Jewish take on it. Um, In Jewish culture we see ourselves as part of a long story. And so when we begin telling, you know, if someone were to say, hey, tell me about yourself, we generally go back as far as we can, um, as far as we have time for, essentially. If you notice the New Testament, when you start reading it, it starts with the genealogy. So my grandmother, uh, for, for brevity's sake, I'll just start, my grandmother. My grandmother and my grandfather, um, Started a Bible school in um, Dallas, Texas, called Christ for the Nations, and um, something that was very strong in their heart was worship, missions, and Israel. And <clears throat> um, after years of pouring out their hearts to God, this is back in you know in 1948 when Israel became a nation. My grandfather said, "We're in the last days." we're going to start a ministry, and that's when he jumped straight in. He'd been a preacher before, but he really started full-time. And then when they started the Bible school, worship was something that was very important to them, and Israel was very important. And so so my mother immigrated in 1967, imported my dad in 1976, and um, they started a ministry in Israel. So I was born in Israel because my grandfather had a burden for Israel. And it took a couple generations, but eventually his grandchildren were born in Israel, raised in Israel, and all our five kids were born and raised there. And something that is very important to our heart is worship. And, um, you will excuse me, I've been fighting a cough for two months, so I really appreciated the prayer. Um, Something that I was looking at my culture um, and feeling like you know, it's such, a, it's such a miracle that we're there. It is at all times a complete miracle that we are not blown off the map by the amount of enemy nations that have missiles pointed at us. I think they did an article a few years ago. There was something like a 100,000 missiles pointed at Israel at any given time. So it's a miracle from heaven that we are there at any given time. And so I was in prayer, and I said, God, you know, it's so clear that it's because of you that we're here and we're prospering and, and there's inventions and developments and medical breakthroughs and all this stuff that's happening from Israel. You're, you're causing Israel to be a blessing even in its lost state. And, and I said, but why morally is it deteriorating? Why is it just going downhill? You know, it's only gotten worse since I was a child. And I felt like he took me on this journey in scripture where, you know, you, you see Moses when he takes Israel out of Egypt and he brings them to the desert and God essentially is going to create a society out of people who have been slaves for 400 years. They've been birthed into nationhood as slaves. And so they don't, they don't know how to treat each other. They don't know how to take responsibility for their actions. And so he, he takes them out and he says, here's your law, here's your instructions how to treat each other. And then he said, here's your Levites. And their job is to maintain an atmosphere of worship among the people. Because we were called to be the people of the presence of God. We weren't called to show the world how to blow shofars, wear yarmulkes, and eat kosher. Which is fine. If you guys want to learn how to blow a shofar, we can show you later. But that's not, that wasn't our calling. We were called to be a place As a nation where if you were a Gentile around the world and you said, I'm tired of worshiping idols, I want to know the true living God who created me, they could go to Israel. That was the idea. And so this is what he said. He said, the Levites, thank you. The Levites, um, their job will be to maintain the atmosphere of worship full time. Their whole lives will be dedicated to this. And so then you fast-forward, you know, and we're kicked out of the land because things don't go quite like we wanted them to. And we brought, we're brought back with Nehemiah. And Nehemiah, he comes, and he's kind of checking out what's going on. He sees they've rebuilt the wall, and they're really excited, and they, you know, they're rebuilding Jerusalem, and it just feels like, yes, we're the people of God again, and we're in our own land. And he walks up to the leaders, and he says, where are the Levites? And the leaders say, Oh, well, you know, they're working in the fields. And he gets so upset. First of all, the Levites weren't even supposed to have fields. If you read in the original, you know, when when Moses is allocated, they weren't supposed to have fields because they weren't supposed to be dedicating all their time to maintaining this atmosphere of worship among the people. And so he gets very upset. He gets sort of violent. I think he might have been put in jail if they'd done that in modern days. But luckily it was back then. And you, you fast-forward, and he reinstates the Levites in their posts. And it says specifically he went, he got the singers, the musicians, and he reinstated them in their posts. So you fast-forward to today, and we have the same scenario. We essentially have our court system. We're building our buildings. If you've ever, how many of you guys have ever been to Israel? Oh, man, you, oh, there's two. You've got to do a tour. Come on, this is... Um, but if you visited years ago, they actually have a book called Israel Rising, which is amazing, where they have photos of Israel from 1948 and then, then today, and it's just incredible, the development that's taken place. And so you have the same scenario today. We have our land, we're building our structures, but we don't have our Levites. And so it's almost like a child that's more malnourished, that's trying to develop. The society isn't able to develop properly because we don't have our Levites, and so that is essentially what we have taken on in Israel. We live in Jerusalem, which is the city of worship. And just for the record, we're not looking for tribe of Levite, that, all that stuff. We're not making it complicated. David was from the tribe of Judah. I believe he had more influence on worship than anybody else. But <clears throat> Amy, brother. So, um, so when we started taking this on, uh, we just prayed because I mean, if any of you guys are into music, you know how what a huge endeavor it is to put out quality music. If you guys had any idea how much this equipment costs, you'd probably just. <laughs> what? So um, we literally it fell into our lap um, uh, an opportunity to purchase the absolute best recording studio in all of Jerusalem, and so we did. And that it has essentially become our ministry base, where we have musicians and psalmists from all over the country that are coming. We're developing them, discipling them, um, getting them to disciple each other, and uh, working on projects. So we've got a, a video that we're going to show you called the Israel Worship Initiative. Go, go. <clears throat> and we'll show you some of the people that are working with us.
1: Shalom. Welcome to the Yeshua Israel Worship Initiative.
2: Israel was once the epicenter for the worship of the one true God. Everything we know about worship, from the Psalms to Lamentations, originated in Israel. God saw worship as such an important aspect of Israel's calling that he commanded full time psalmists, musicians, singers, and songwriters to maintain the atmosphere of worship among the people. Even when Israel was exiled from the land and returned almost a century later, Nehemiah rebuked the leaders for allowing the psalmists to work in the fields rather than fulfill their role as worship makers. He understood how important it was for the spiritual health of the nation. Israel's calling has not changed. After two millennia, Jews once again have returned to their land. But the psalmists are working in the fields.
3: Matias. i 16. I Israel,
2: in Jerusalem. and I'm Dana. 26. I From our ministry base in Jerusalem, our mission is to restore Israel's ancient calling of being an epicenter for the worship of the one true God. The Israel Worship Initiative is about raising up mature and skilled Israeli worshipers and filling the land once again with the sounds of worship. Jews have been scattered all over the world for centuries. When they returned to the land, they brought back with them a plethora of musical styles. We love incorporating all these styles into our music. includes Middle Eastern sounds with our Israeli-Arab brethren. We believe, as prophesied, the nations will come to Israel to experience the unique sounds and spirit of worship Israel has been called to share with the world. Already begun to see the fulfillment of this prophecy as worship leaders from around the world have sought us out for the unique sounds and spirit of our modern day Israeli psalmists. You can be a part of restoring Israel's worship makers to their posts. Sponsor a psalmist in Israel today with a one time or monthly gift. In Romans 15, Paul shared how the churches had gladly supported the Jewish believers in Jerusalem. He said, indeed, they were glad to do so. We're short on time, so I think you got the gist of it. I want to say thank you, for, first of all, because this is what you guys are supporting in Jerusalem. So. Um, real quick, the vision of Ezekiel, a lot of times people embrace that as personal, and God can restore a, a destiny for you after it feels like it's been dead and, and, and dormant. But first and foremost, this scripture is talking about Israel. And when God takes Ezekiel, and he says, prophesy the dry bones, and he, he sees them come back, says they look like they're alive, but they're not, because they don't have breath in them, right? It's a very famous scripture, I'm assuming you all know. And what he's saying is, then he says, okay, now prophesy breath prophesied the four winds to breathe life he can't do it himself because it's it's too much that's too much force needed to breathe life into these dry bones and I came all the way from Jerusalem to tell you guys that you are the four winds that are supposed to breathe life back into Israel and I encourage you to take that to God and ask how you can breathe life into Israel it's something that it was prophesied thousands of years ago and we're living it today so I'm going to sing you guys, amen. <laughs> I I saw. Um, this is a song that um, we just recorded in Israel just a few months ago. It's in the desert. You get to see some view for all of you guys who have not been yet. Or I could do it a cappella.
3: Where the glory lies With the very fragrance of the presence of Yahweh Come, it's time to draw near Leaving behind all the fear Just enter in through the presence of Yahweh All the angels around It's really nothing profound to see them bowing in the presence of Yahweh Stories told, and now the mysteries unfold before my eyes in the presence of Yahweh. I can see him reading through the names he'd written with his bloodstained hands, and satisfied, he looked up to the Father. With the fire burning in his eyes And hearing Israel's desperate cries And knowing all that hurt He had a For my eyes in the presence of Yahweh And the King of Peace saw us with gladness Knowing that the time had come To take away His children's sadness And to bring us home To the place that He had always promised This life was about So the angels took their place and touched the trumpets too. God, it's for us you've been and died. You call them servants, but you call us friends. You call them servants, God. You call us your beautiful bride. You call them servants, but you call us friends.
0: Isn't that awesome? Isn't it cool that you guys get to be a part of what God's doing over there? Yeah, really, really cool. We will take you up on that offer. We do need to come visit you at some point. Um, so that's awesome. Um, hey, let's stand for prayer. I know we just kind of threw this at you. If you uh, want to learn more um, about uh, Kobe and Shani and the ministry, remember it's Yeshua Israel. You can contact the church office as well. We can let you know. If you want to give specifically to this ministry, let us know. You can do it online. Just tag Yeshua Israel or let us know again. Um, and we'll make sure that they get that. Um, I believe there is some stuff at the Welcome Center, some, some literature and things that you can just pick up um, and to read more about them. And Shanee's music is, um, I'm sure, on iTunes and stuff like that. You can, you can find out more about her music as well. And um, God good? Awesome. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray a, a, a prayer where you're free to go. I'm going to go ahead and call the altar ministry team up. They're going to be on this side of the stage. Look, if you need anything from God, he is active, he is living, and he's doing great things still. He'll bring healing to your body. He'll save you spiritually. He'll bring joy and peace, and everything that you need is found in him. And so our team is prayed up and ready. Um, to, to impart to you whatever you might need from the Lord this morning. So when I say amen to this prayer, you're free to go and get the prayer that you need or to go and have an amazing day. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you, Father, for what you're doing all over the world. We believe Thomasville, Georgia is the center of our world, but Lord, you're everywhere and you're moving and you're saving people from all over the place. And God, we're so grateful to hear um, about Kobe and Shani's stories, where, how you've gotten them there, what you're doing over in Israel, Father. And we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And we thank you, God, um, that we get to be a small part of that. Fathers, we leave this morning, we leave filled with your spirit, excited about your word and knowing, God, that you're living and you're doing great things among us. Bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. See you all next week. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.